Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Thursday, March 4th. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. So welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of The Young Perspective. Today, we're talking about a pressing issue related to the coronavirus. As most of us have heard, the coronavirus has caused severe economic downturns in the United States. Um, it seemed like it would be a bear market last summer, but turned out you know, the economy was able to recover. Um, and that was because of the stimulus package passed last summer, which included $1,200 to a lot of Americans, and that helped bring back the economy a little bit. But still a year later, almost a year after the coronavirus took hold over America, we're still dealing with an economic crisis. Many Americans are suffering. Many Americans don't have the money to pay rent uh, or, to, or to, you know, to pay electricity or to pay whatever they need. So the government is proposing a stimulus plan. It is currently in the Senate being debated. It was passed in the House just last week. Uh, it's going to help a lot of Americans get to this troubling time. So what is this bill? First of all, this is one of the first major bills that Biden, that Biden will be passing, or if it's passed, that Biden will be signing. And this is one of the bills that he has, he has really been pushing for. And it's one of the things that he supported and has been uh, trying to get on the table because that's one of the first things he wanted to do when he got in office was to make a stimulus bill and deal with this huge major economic crisis that we have going on. So what's actually in the bill itself? Well, the meat of it is a 1,400 stimulus check that's given to individuals that qualify for it. This is not for everybody. The qualifying people are people that make less than $80,000 a year or for couples, uh, you know, married people, $160,000. Beginning at $75,000 and $150,000, the payments decrease up to that threshold. So once you make 75 grand a year, uh, you start getting less stimulus up to $80,000. So this is what the Senate is debating. The Senate actually changed the bill that was passed by the House. The House said anybody who makes up to $100,000 or couples that make up to $200,000, you know, the, the Senate has pulled this back a little bit. That excludes another 7 million American families, higher earners, but still they're excluded. A lot of people are hurting. They may be too, but that was one of the big things for the Republicans. In order for, for it to pass, they wanted to bring back the reach of this bill a little bit. Yeah, this bill is very costly. It's $1.9 trillion total. Biden basically said that he'd rather go big and go, than go home. Yeah, he, doesn't want, he wants to spend more money and you know, go too big rather than you know, go, not go big enough and not have enough uh, relief for Americans. And uh, a lot of Democrats support that, but Republicans, on the other hand, are saying the bill is too large. You know, uh, it's too much money. We can't afford it. And so they're trying to bring it back in the Senate. That's why, you know, you see some changes that are in the Senate compared to the version that was passed in the House. So this is also on top of $600 payments that were approved in the Senate and the House last December. So that brings it up to a total of $2,000 a person. And, and, you know, that, that is helpful for, for a lot of Americans who may be struggling. But it does not only, it does not only address the individual American only $422 billion of the stimulus package addresses the individual American. It also addresses 
aid for state and local governments and transit, schools, child care blocks and grants, assistance for food, rent and mortgages, business relief and retirement security, health care coverage. It also highlights that how we can stop and end this coronavirus pandemic. About $50 billion will be funded towards coronavirus tr- testing and contact tracing. Another $19 billion will go to increase the size of the public health w- workforce. And $16 billion will fund the vaccine distribution and supply chains. So this stimulus package is far-reaching, and it goes everywhere to, to try to stop all the different negative aspects of the coronavirus. And I think one of the most important parts is this $16 billion that will go to vaccine distribution, which will hopefully end the spread of the virus in the country. This, this kind of goes with Biden's whole message coming into office quickly and trying to stop this virus as fast as possible. He wants to you know, increase funding for testing, increase uh, vaccine distribution, increase healthcare uh, workforce. And as I said, he wants to increase vaccine distribution. You know, he says that by the end of May or something like that, he wants to have enough vaccines for every American adult. Uh, how will he do that? Well, hopefully this will help that. Giving $16 billion toward vaccine distribution. That's a huge problem right now. We have vaccines, but we're having a hard time distributing them. So hopefully this will help that. And the real problem with the distribution of vaccines is the cold chain storage. A lot of these vaccines, if not, if if they don't have to be kept at extra cold temperatures, negative 90, negative 60 degrees, they have to be kept at negative 20 or zero. Uh, you know, all of them have to be kept cold. And our cold chain infrastructure in this country has seriously been lacking the trucks. We don't have the trucks to ship them out. Uh, we don't have the planes to ship them out. So hopefully this will go into that kind of infrastructure, which will get it to people eventually, hopefully, like like us, young kids, hopefully at, at some point in the next couple of months, all the eligible adults will have gotten it. Um, it'll start reaching the kids. So we'll get the full herd immunity in a couple of months. That is Biden's goal. Let's hope so. So another important part of the bill that was in the House, not anymore, was that it increased the federal minimum wage from $7.25 to $15. However, since then, it's been taken out of the bill in the Senate. And that was expected. Uh, Actually, the Senate parliamentarian uh, ruled that the wage increase couldn't actually remain in the bill because it was uh, had to pertain to the coronavirus. And she ruled that it didn't pertain enough to the coronavirus. So it wasn't able to stay in the bill. But other Democrats were saying, we want to fight this. We want to make sure it stays in. It won't likely stay in. But it shows that Congress is looking at a federal minimum wage increase, you know, of a substantial amount, a lot more now. It's now actually been in a bill that's been passed in the House. And that's a huge increase. That was more than double the original amount. That, and that's, that's huge. They say it's called the living wage. Uh, the $15 minimum wage is the living wage. The real question that is being debated is how will this affect the individual business? Of course, it's, it's great to have a $15 minimum wage and $7.25 isn't enough to live. I agree on that. And I think it needs to be increased to adjust with inflation. Um, The federal minimum wage has not increased as inflation has increased. So that needs to be adjusted, of course, um, and maybe even above that. But the question now is we have millions of business owners and small businesses who are struggling with the pandemic. They're struggling to pay their bills. They're struggling to pay rent like any other person, but this is on a business, you know, restaurants and stores and you know, online boutiques, millions of different businesses. How will they react to a doubling of their wages? So if you paid $100,000 in, in wages in one year, you paid maybe $8 a person, that means you'd have to pay the next year, doubling in wages. That can seriously hurt uh, businesses' margins, and that can be especially detrimental during a troubling time like the coronavirus pandemic to see if that's ever passed, how that will affect these businesses. But you also have, you know, individual workers who 
have been laid off for many months and have you know been struggling to make ends meet now maybe going back to work uh at minimum wage jobs only making seven dollars 25 cents an hour how are they supposed to first of all make uh ends meet just on that level in itself just as a starter point but already at being a deficit from being you know without work for months it's it's kind of hard to say that they can live off of something as low as seven dollars 25 cents it's a good way of putting it fifteen dollar minimum wage is a living wage that's a real way how uh, in our modern time people can live off of that's the real balance Democrats and Republicans are debating. How do you balance the business and the business owner and the margins of these businesses and, and the people and the workers? And, and through the pandemic, both have been hurting, the businesses and the people. And the government in the past, over the summer, stepped up to help both of them. In the summer, you had $1,200 checks that went out to tons of Americans. Uh, and then you also had SBA loans from the Small Business Association who also helped the companies as well. So maybe if in the future, during this pandemic, the minimum wage is increased to 15 or maybe even 12 or something in that nature, maybe to help the small businesses pay that, the government would offer some kind of loan, maybe a loan that would be relieved like the one in the summer was with the SBA. So we'll have to see. But what's going to happen with this bill that's in the Senate? Well, it looks like it's going to be passed eventually in the Senate. It could take a very long time. Some Republicans making the clerks um, actually read all 628 pages of the bill. He's actually the only one sitting in there to hear it. But after that goes and after they have their 20 hours of debate, eventually it'll get voted on. We'll see if it gets passed. Hopefully it will. And then after that, maybe some changes. It'll have to go back to the House to get revoted on. And then if it passes in the House, it'll go to Biden's desk where he will eventually sign it. And even if the Senate changes some of the provisions that the House originally had passed, the House later on will likely pass that bill because they want to get it done. They want to help the Americans. Because even the Senate is still going to make a bill that's going to help the Americans. People are still going to get their money. So the House realizes they have to, to conform to some of the Senate's wants in order to help the Americans, or, or they never will, right? You have to ha compromise a little bit. But why is this so important? We want to focus a little bit now on the economy and what this can and should do to the economy uh, and how the economy has been hurting over the last year. This year has been crazy. Not only have we suffered health-wise and death-wise, we've also suffered money-wise. I mean, our whole economy has really took a tumbling and it's been terrible. Last February, we had 10 million more jobs than we had in this February. That's a huge amount of people that are now unemployed, that were unemployed at the last time this year. And so our country, even though we've passed multiple stimulus checks and tried to help out our economy and we're starting to go back to normal, there still are so many millions of people without jobs and we're still not back to where we were a year ago. Yeah, they say the unemployment rate is close to 10%. They say 9 million people are unemployed. 4 million people have dropped out of the labor force. Another 2 million have seen reduced hours. Those are high numbers. Mm -hmm. Those are unsustainable numbers. Those are numbers that mean that the government will have to support these people or people will be going on the streets. Those are scary numbers. And hopefully the stimulus packages help those people. But also hopefully in the next year or coming four years under the Biden presidency, a lot more jobs will be created so we can get these people employed. Because 9 million people unemployed, that's, like, that's a huge percentage. Uh, 330 30 million people in the country, that's like 2 or 3%. So that, that's too high and that's unsustainable. And we need to get these people back into the workforce. They say it's specifically bad in uh, minority communities. Nearly one in four black and Hispanic survey respondents said they have worried about paying rent 
in our mortgage since the pandemic started. This is compared to one in seven white respondents who said they'd worried about paying their rent since the pandemic started. So that's also highlights a little bit of the racial and ethnic differences in who is struggling with this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. You see it the hardest in these uh, minority communities. But even in any community, another survey said that four in 10 adults who live with children believe that they had difficulties paying their bills in the last week. So it's really hitting everyone hard. But definitely it's hitting uh, certain groups harder than others. But as a whole country, we have been hit very hard. So hopefully the stimulus package will give money to those who really need it and will help uh, provide other laws and other funding for things that also desperately need the money. So in conclusion, the goal of the stimulus package is to give the money to people so they go out and spend it and that injects cash into the economy. The money markets will be doing better. The, you know, the stock market will be doing better. We're hoping the money injection will keep the economy strong for years to come. And we're hoping Americans can get back in the future to the life that we once knew before the coronavirus pandemic. So we want to thank you all for listening. Remember, every Friday at 3 p.m., we release a new episode. Make sure to listen then. And if you want to hear more from us, you can check out our Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective. You can email us at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com, or you can look at our website and listen to some of our episodes there. And our URL is theyoungperspective.net. We want to thank you all once again for listening. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. And this was The Young Perspective.